Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout, the latest production on the mid-season slump. Um, this episode is entitled Up North, so as you can probably guess, both myself and Rocky will be previewing the state of the franchise, basically, for all sides in the AFC North and AFC South. I and NFC North, rather. Um, but without much further ado, Rocky, how are you? Well, how are things? Not too bad, that just was fairly rural, fairly agricultural introduction. Just um, going back to my roots. Yeah, there's a, a lot going on, obviously, for the Irish Gridiron fan this weekend. Obviously, the uh, the college football is in the Aviva with the Nebraska Cornhuskers go, and go Western. Yeah, I'm going to make an appearance myself, uh, volunteering as a cheerleader. Oh, very good. You've yeah, got the body, in fairness. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just crave attention, so hopefully I get it. Um, on Saturday, at least you're well, not much for the the red or I should say the football team. <laughs> could, have gotten, <laughs> could have gotten bad if Dan Snyder yeah. if he was there. Yeah, yeah, they're not the Commanders. So. Yeah. Um, well, without much further ado, why don't we kick things off? Starting as per usual with the AFC. So, Rock, I think it's yourself who's gonna take the reins. Yeah, who's the first side we're going to chat through this week yeah and I think uh, I suppose an apt place to start is in Cleveland obviously there's a lot of turmoil there and I think the best way to handle this is a decision has been made under Sean Watson so we'll talk about that for a few minutes and then that'll that we'll leave it then there's you could go on you could talk about it in every second sentence but a decision's been made by the NFL there's no point in in ranting so Mm. Sean Watson been acquired by the Browns. They went eleven and five two years ago. They finished last year eight and nine, which prompted Cleveland to move on from Baker Mayfield and acquired Deshaun Watson. He's got two dozen sexual assault allegations made against him. Now he wasn't found guilty. Um he was or he was two grand juries chose not to indict him. That's not necessarily a an exoneration, but anyway, there's no formal criminal charges against him um, and the decision was made two weeks ago now I think for an 11 game suspension so he'll I be back I think it was finalised last Thursday though wasn't it I think it was yeah I th- the statements were probably mm. made yeah yeah. Mm. so he'll be back in week I think it's 11. week tw- I think they have a buy in there so I think it's week 12 or 13 but he'll be back at Houston which is again uh, it's a bit it's a bit weird 
the NFL craves storylines and forget about the morality of the situation. If they can get it back, get them back in time for a good storyline, that's it. Just Roger Goodell cashing in yet again. Well, um, otherwise, it's it's not a sale that game. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we expect what Houston are going to be. Um, Cleveland Sands, Deshaun Brown, uh, Deshaun Watson. Is it a storyline if he's back? If that's his game back, that's a great selling point. That game will probably you find. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if that game is like America's game of the week. Uh, it might even be a Monday night football or a Thursday night football, but for it to be the the key game in the nine twenty five kickoffs, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. No. I don't think it'll be a, a Sunday night football game, but I think I think it'll be in that prime time slot. It's it'll be yeah, it'll have a big audience for sure, um, and I think that's that's the kind of game as you say any NFL fan could tune into and will tune into mm. um, I think I mean usually when you see a, like a, a well or a well publicised a very prolific player in the NFL go to a new team their jersey sales are they skyrocket he's not anywhere in the top 10 Deshaun Watson nowhere to be seen I was reading an article um, that there are agencies that help or that tried to help sexual abuse victims. Those agencies in Cleveland have had skyrocketed amount of calls, including donations. So there's there's a lot of action off the field and reaction. So it will be interesting to see that sort of a matchup and if we'll see any more chants like Jags fan did in the week one of the preseason. Um, yeah, there is. There is going to be... It, it's like the cynic in me would say for Deshaun Watson it's actually the best outcome he gets back on the pitch this season those chants will be confined and I don't care what anyone says those chants will be confined to this season the statement you'd made about jersey sales if I was a hard-nosed uh, fiscal savant in Cleveland I would say we'll make those jersey sales next year when this is all forgotten once he serves his time um, sports fans generally have a short yeah. memory a memory akin to a goldfish and I think yeah. 11 game ban Cleveland probably won't make the playoffs so it's going to be a short season he's probably going to come back for the last 5 games he'll take 5 games of abuse next season we'll start afresh um, yeah at that stage it might be the AFC North who remembers but nobody the rest of the NFL It'll be forgotten about. It's a, it was mm. a twenty twenty two storyline, mm. and unfortunately, that's all it's going to be. Really, um, mm. it's the suspension. I don't think is substantial or significant enough to to have a, a lasting effect. Like it's twenty four allegations. I know he's not proven guilty, but it sets a very low bar for future future cases like this. I do think, and and while I I vehemently agree with you I think unfortunately legally there is no case against him anymore yeah if and unfortunately we can't we do live in a society where it's innocent until proven guilty and unfortunately despite what our better judgement says he has not been proven guilty and that's just say what you want and and believe me I, I, I would have a a fairly strong opinion about Deshaun Watson that I won't share on the airwaves. I can mention the off-air of what I think of him. But unfortunately, we do have to acknowledge that legally, he's an innocent man. 
and as frustrating frustrating as it is they're the facts There's so we'll hopefully only ever talk about them again in week 12 or 13 yeah from a performance standpoint yes um, yeah um, but and I will like to apologise in advance unfortunately Deshaun Watson's suspension has changed what would have been the previews for all the other sides in the AFC North so it may get a few more mentions throughout the show but you can't deny it that it has had an impact on the potential for the remaining side seasons um, yep. and the picture yeah Look, suffice to say, we disapprove of the whole situation and I think we have to leave it there. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, we could do a whole show on it, basically. You could, but. you could. Right, so to go back to the original format, sort of previewing sort of their last season. Yeah, so they ended up 8-9 and nine, and that's after trotting out Baker Mayfield, despite the fact he was clearly injured. Um, and this was on the back of an off-season where he didn't he didn't hold out. He wasn't playing a thorn in the side for the Browns. He wanted, or he didn't play well enough to warrant the contract that he wanted. Mm. Um, which I think is, despite him being a, a real, you know, bravado, arrogant, cocky sort of a character, I thought it was very decent of him. I know, again, he's he's doing it so he can get the money he wants, but at the same time, it is a team-friendly decision. Um, anyway, he went 8-9. Which, which ended his tenure in Cleveland. Um, I think overall, it was a disappointing season, but that's what you get when you have a uh, an injured starter who was continued to be trotted out. Um, they had a, a relatively decent enough um, off-season otherwise. They they upgraded the what is going to be heavily relied upon backup quarterback's uh, spot. Jacoby Brissett, who I think is a fairly, um, maybe just above average. Probably yeah, a high quality. In the right backup. system. In the right system. Yeah. He'll do you no harm. He would be perfect, maybe, for Cleveland for um, five, five or six mm. games. For 11 games, it gets it's a different story. Um, they traded for Amari Cooper. Again, I think that's a good move. Um, well. It might. It, it. We'll see what the returns look like with Jacoby Brissett, um, and they. They also traded for Chase Winovich. Not bad. They drafted wide receiver David Bell. He's gotten a lot of hype in training camp. Drafted Perry and Winfrey and kicker Cade York, who's also getting a lot of hype in Cleveland. So overall, a pretty. And if you were to just to mention his name again, if you're to to judge. Watson purely on his merit it's a it's a it's a serious upgrade no doubt mm-hmm. um so I'm looking at their first five games here game one at Carolina that's gonna be Jacoby Brissett versus Baker playing the Browns I have I have Baker sort of winning big there um I think I said it when I was previewing Carolina I think they've got a really really good team on paper. Mm. It's week 1 everybody should be healthy. I think Carolina will um I I don't even know if Cleveland will be favored there. But anyway, I think Carolina will win. Mm. Week 2 versus the Jets, I think the Browns will win here. There's a chance Zach Wilson might not play. We don't know what his 
It's a very strange injury. It's yeah. gone from an ACL out for the season to it's actually not that bad. To we, We'll see him when we see him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a close game, but I think Cleveland can squeak through there. Um, week three versus Pittsburgh. I have that down as a loss. I think Brissett-led Cleveland is not a particularly scary thought, um, particularly for Steelers' D. I think it'd be close because it's a divisional game, but... I'm, I'm I just think there, there isn't a significantly talented run game in Cleveland, which they might lean on more this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is true. Uh, but so much so that they're at the danger of becoming one-dimensional. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, look, that's, that goes without saying. But still, I, I know. would I'd struggle to say that they weren't one-dimensional last season. Um, that's true it'll be interesting to see Kareem Hunt's name floated around plenty as a trade candidate Um, really he's surplus to to requirements like Nick Chubb he's not particularly injury prone he's top I think he's he's back to underrated territory I think he should be in the Mm. top five top three sort of consideration Mm. Mm. Um, and Kareem Hunt's kind of pricey for a, a running back number two so we'll see if he's even on the team by the start of week one um, game four at Atlanta Atlanta doesn't scare I don't think anybody so I'm going to give Cleveland the win there and week five against the Chargers again I don't think the Charge or the I don't think the Browns will be able to keep up with um, the star power of the Chargers I think they could outscore as well as hold Cleveland to a low amount of points so I think Cleveland will start at two and three, and it's hard to predict. It's hard to gauge what they'll do based on, you know, a change of quarterback, two thirds of the way through a season. Mm. But I have them starting two and three. They'll go four and seven before the return of Deshaun, four and two after he returns. So I have them finishing eight and nine. Now, whether uh, yeah. It's very interesting. You're you're a braver man. I picked this up the last day. You're a braver man than me. I'm only predicting the first five because so much changes in the first five. No, I know. Uh, it's it's clearly it's it is dangerous because injuries, anything, trades. D still... a n jurus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like Baker, like the the yeah. outgoing. Yeah. Woke up, woke up dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So I think the the key thing to watch is just what they look like for the first eleven eleven games. Um, exactly yeah ultimately and then how well does Deshaun Watson slot in because like for someone who's starting a new franchise you would afford them the first three to four games to kind of fully slot in and embed in the system of like regular season action similar to what went on with Matt Stafford in LA last season but he's not going to get that this, so he they could actually do well in the first 11 and be clunky mm. in the last five so that's 11, 12, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not too hot on Cleveland anymore. Yeah, and the last thing I want to bring up, and I'm only bringing it up because it's more of a criticism of the NFL, but in Deshaun's suspension, he can actually return to the club and start practicing two weeks before his return. The vast majority of suspensions, they can only be reinstated into their team facilities the day that they're reinstated. But the Sean Watson come back two weeks early, so there 
there won't be as a uh, he might come back prepared and it's just funny that he's coming back prepared to Houston they're desperate for that storyline I feel yeah now to be fair um Look, and look, the the ultimate case is case of the situation is he may someday be vindicated as being innocent. He may be, like he, I doubt very it. Very well, maybe. But he, but he may be. And I have always had an issue with the NFL's policy on being able to access the facility while suspended. A suspension should be games only. That's okay. always been my. My stance, and that's now that's for smaller charges like Calvin Ridley should be able to access the Atlanta Falcons training facility. Undoubtedly, sure. Um, sure. I, I, and it's not that I disagree with you on that stance. I just disagree that there's an exception this, made for the, this one. There's an exception. Where is the consistency? Considering this will be one of the more severe, the most severe suspension ever imposed. Yeah, I, I do, I do agree with you. Um, but look, I think we've talked enough we've, about Watson. We're going to bring him up on a few of the other sides, I yes. think, unfortunately, just by nature of the beast. Let's um, move on. Move on. Okay. It's a good place to move on to the Steel Curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so last season, obviously, finished 9-7, and seven, beaten by the Chiefs fairly comprehensively in, in the wildcard round. Key ins, as mentioned previously, Mitch Trubisky, Miles Boykin, Miles Jack, and a few key re-signings, one of which, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think is kind of essential to the long-term future of Pittsburgh. I'm really big fan of him. Key outs, obviously Big Ben retired, hung up the cleats at the end of the season. Juju, James Washington, Eric Ebron, Ray Ray McLeod, Taco Carlton, Trey Turner. And he wasn't a huge production guy maybe over the last two seasons, but just in terms of longevity, I wanted to give a little shout-out to Joe Hayden. Um, I think 13 years in the league, was a fan um, a number of years ago. The first five fixtures, difficult trip to Cincy away. I'm going to chalk that down as a loss. Patriots at home, I kind of fancy them in that one. Uh, Browns away, minus Deshaun, I, I do kind of somewhat fancy them. Um, Jets at home, I'll back anyone against the Jets. And Bills away, that's a loss. So I'm looking at them going maybe three and five out the traps. Um, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'll always rate the Steelers higher than the talent on the roster is Mike Tomlin I think potentially he's one of the toughest coaches in the league he's never had a losing season that's pretty now, pretty amazing you can argue that that's to the detriment of the side that if, he, if he'd blown it up a bit sooner with Big Ben they wouldn't be in the mess they're in right now mess is, is a overstatement but they wouldn't be in the wouldn't be having the issues they're having right now I think I think he does maximise talent though I think he's just a, a phenomenal coach I think they'll be they'll be competitive again um, even though they probably shouldn't be any other side you'd probably be saying they're not going to be competitive but I think they will be competitive again this season it's a difficult division so I don't think they're going to be maybe one or two but I do think they're going to give everyone a game they may suffer one or two blowout losses but I, I, I still think they're going to they're going to do better I also think from a, like a salary cap standpoint they probably got rid of some of the Higher earners, but most underperforming players. So, uh, Juju would have been on a decent enough wage. 
James Washington never fully lived up to his potential. Eric Ebron would have signed. I know it would have been a one-year deal, but it would have been big cap space because he'd done well in, in Indy. Um, and Ray Ray McLeod kind of had glimpses, but good to get rid of him. Um, I also, I'm a huge fan of Miles Jack. I think I've mentioned that before when I'm leaving Jacksonville. Um, so I think they're going to be competitive. I do fear, though, that they will look ultimately be a victim to the strength of the division, um, which we'll obviously get... Um, later but I do think of all the sides in that division Watson's suspension has increased their floor the most yeah yeah I would agree with that I think um, actually the only thing I wouldn't agree with and we will I'll discuss it is their week one I think I think they could start the season strong I think there's there's still a bit of speculation over Joe Burrow again we'll get to it but otherwise uh, yeah I kind of middling when you refer to their mess yeah they're just they're kind of stuck in that that area where it's hard to drastically improve. Um, surely yeah. through the draft. Yeah, they're they've not opted for a full reset, basically. Yeah. Um, which there's arguments for it. Um, I just think we're far more accustomed in salary cap sports to seeing boom and bust. So teams go all in and then blow it up. Um, whereas Pittsburgh have not opted for that. They arguably could have moved off Big Ben two or three years ago. They said no, we'd play out the contract, we'd be competitive, we'd make the playoffs. Instead of just saying, Big Ben is spent, um, let's blow up this franchise. Um, they've never done that. And look, it's a credit to them. Um, and that's the model they want to go with. So, yeah, look, I think they'll be tough again. Just something about that Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Hinesfield, which is not called that anymore, though, is it? They've no, re-branded. what is it called? Acresure. It, uh, it'll always be Hinesfield yeah. they've done studies on this um, whatever you name a stadium the first name you give it is the one that sticks yeah. all these naming rights they're a waste of money yeah there you go yeah I no sure. I think their their offense is in particularly particularly scary uh, Najee Najee Harris he's yeah I don't think there's not enough else to work with on offense to for him to, to scare you on his own mm-hmm. TJ Watt and Minka on the defense is so solid. Gives I think it gives the defense just those play two players alone. It gives you a decent enough floor. Um, mm. Yeah, they're just they're stuck in that that area, that grey mm. purgatory area. I don't I don't have anything else to add on Pittsburgh. That's, to be honest. That's, that's fair enough. I know what's coming up is probably more enticing. Uh, to Chateau, so we can we can park Pittsburgh until we go through the rankings and, and where our, yeah. our predicted lineup is. Yeah, so moving on over to the other Ohio team, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. To be honest, I don't have too much to say about these either. They finished the regular season ten and seven, and got to the Super Bowl before obviously um, faulting and um, faltering in front of the the Los Angeles Rams. I think. You saw one of the most exciting duos in, in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They look special. And reason enough for Cleveland or for Cincinnati fans to be excited for years. Um, and the opposite for Cleveland. Um, it's like Mahomes with those two. I think Cincinnati will almost have a, a chance to win any game if those two are playing. Um, really, they, they only really got better in the offseason. I... I you can argue whether luck got them to the Super Bowl, but 
they made strides that they could actually just get back there on their own merit. I, I almost just think they were, I know they didn't win it, but there's this thing kind of every once in a while you get a, a champion of destiny. So basically they got over the first hurdle and it just built momentum. They're young players who are used to winning championships. So the expectation was, yeah, we just keep going. They weren't, yeah. sometimes like, with sides that have kind of experienced heads, they've taken their chips and it can be very difficult to get over that but if you have a young side that hasn't taken their chips they've no fear and no. that kind of was the case with Cincy um, it, at last year the biggest criticism of their team might have been their O-line and they went, went out and signed Alex Kappa Lyle Collins um, in embarrassing fashion from Dallas embarrassing for Dallas and Ted Karras they also signed Hayden Hurst and drafted Dax Hill who you saw just in the the preseason game gone by week two uh, had a lovely, lovely interception off the hands of Daniel Bellinger against New York. Um, now they lost Laren Ogunjobi, Auden Tate, and CJ Uzama. Um, three solid enough contributors, uh, particularly Laren Ogunjobi, but he was injured, um, I think, during the playoffs last year. Didn't get to contribute much. Um, game one versus Pitt- Pittsburgh, like I said. Uh, Joe Burrow's coming off an appendectomy. His his whole injury status, again, likewise to um, Zach Wilson, it's a bit up in the air. Um, no clear timetable for when he returns. He's lost a lot of muscle after his procedure. So I'm just going to hedge my bets and say that he doesn't look like Jer- Joe Burrow week one. I think there might be a bit of reacclimating for him to do. We said it on the back of an ACL. Yeah, we did. We, we did, and I think that was a smart thing to do then. Um, yeah. Look, he could make a fool enemy come out and blast Pittsburgh. Yeah, look, regardless, it's it's probably the correct thing to say right now. Um, and it's one of those ones you're happy to be made look a yeah. fool of with Joe. Uh, I think he's, he's he's got a hold on a lot of people's heart, to be fair, Joe. I think a lot of people are just rooting for I Joe. I think, yeah. He's he's an extremely charismatic, likable guy. Mm. Week two at Dallas, yeah. I have uh, Cincinnati winning here. I think the O-line is improved. If Joe Burrow is still reconditioning to NFL regular season, I think the O-line will hold strong and he can just throw to Jamar Chase and let Joe Mixon handle Dallas. Um, I think they'll take the win there. At New York Jets against... Or again, there's not much to say for the Jets. Um, they're definitely on the right trajectory, but they're sort of totally outclassed here on paper. Game four versus Miami. I still think Miami... Sure, they signed or traded for Tyreek, but Tua, I don't think they'll mesh to the fullest potential by week four. I'm going to give Cincinnati the, the edge here. They'll eke pass in a high-scoring game. And game five at Baltimore. I think it's a divisional game at Baltimore. I think as Joe Burrow starts to look his old self, he'll be humbled by the Ravens. D. Um, I, I have them dropping that game there. So they're starting two and three and going to put my life on the line here again. I have them finishing 10 and seven which was the same as last year when they got to the Super Bowl. You might think that regular uh, or that that record is maybe a bit disappointing, but look, get to the playoffs, 
who knows what happens. Um, saying that the AFC is stacked this year, that's part of the reason why uh, their their record mightn't look as good as a lot of people are expecting, but they safely get through to the playoffs with that record. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I think it might be a bit of a down year for, for Cincy. I'm not... Um, I'm holding proven wrong. I just think last year was too good. Um, and that would be my fear. Um, as I said, like the next side we'll get to um, had a down year. Pittsburgh had a down year. Well, like are in a rebuild pretty much. So it was just a bagel at Cleveland and they still finished 10 and 7. Yeah. Um, when they, and then when they got to the playoffs... They they met Oakland, uh, or not Oakland, Las Vegas rather, and not to to downtrade them, but it's if you had to pick your side you're going to face in the playoffs, you'd probably like to pick a side that hasn't won a playoff fiction in a long number of years in in um, Las Vegas. Which is fair. Yeah, look, I so. I have them, I have them as a very very solid team that only really got better. Um, I think the big questions mm. are what Joe Burrow looks like after his ruptured appendix and after losing 10 to 15 pounds of muscle is the chase connection is that as good as last year i suspect so but you'd like to see that consistently and just to see if there's a super bowl hangover and how that affects them mm-hmm. it's um zach taylor's debut at a super bowl too so it's it's new for everybody and we'll just see whether they I know you were saying that the, it's good for the young guys. They they're hungry to get back, but look, there could ease, just as easily be complacency. They're expecting themselves to be good, mm-hmm. and they have that mm-hmm. down year that you're forecasting. Overall, I think they'll certainly get to the playoffs, and it'll be on their own merit then, or the, on their backs to see how far they can get. Yeah, fair. Um, so I suppose to round out the division. Um, go to Baltimore Ravens. Um, last season finished eight and nine, fought in the AFC North. No side dealt with as many injuries as the twenty twenty one Baltimore Ravens. Mm. They were absolutely ransacked with injuries, and like going down to the wire, they still had an opportunity to make the playoffs. They just obviously injuries just it got to a stage where they went the, over the tipping point where it actually was too many injuries to be competitive anymore. And unfortunately, they did fall off kind of uh, towards it the end of the season. It was at their more important positions as well. Running back, them being a run-heavy yeah. team, their their running backs were decimated before it started the season, and their cornerbacks. I don't know who started mm. week one. Um, yeah. But um, it wasn't good. But look, in terms of kind of three key ins, Mike Davis, Kyle Fuller... Michael Pierce came back from Minnesota after one year away. Good to see him back. Uh, Morgan Moses. Um, and they re-signed Calais Campbell, which I think he's a bit of a rock on that side. The key outs, Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, Boykin, um, obviously going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Hollywood, he's not playing for anyone for the first few weeks. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Tavon Young, Anthony uh, Everett and Deshaun Elliott. Their first five fixtures, Jets away, Dolphins at home, Patriots away, Bills at home, and Bengals at home. I'm 
confident to say that they will go four out of five at a minimum. If they were to go five and five, I wouldn't be surprised. I do think builds are going to pose significant challenges this year again. But they do have that fixture at home. They have it in Baltimore. Yeah, so, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. They'll have. I think so they'll I think, bounce back in a major way. I think four, two, five out of the first five. Set really set them up for the season. Um, I suppose in terms of like a, a brief kind of synopsis, like a brief kind of prediction. Um, as we said, like I think people are going to think. People probably think since he are going to like lord over the AFC North. Um, based on last year people kind of maybe getting caught up in the charisma of Joe Burrow but I just think this Baltimore side is far too talented all up and down the roster um, I, rate, I, I genuinely rate Baltimore as the best side in the division um, I think as well look unfortunately to bring up again Deshaun Watson suspension it softens the division. Yeah, so, it certainly does. It's not as scary as it would have been. Mm. As it will be next year. So I think they could even split with Cincy and do the double over Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And I think then they'll win enough games elsewhere to probably finish with a 12-5 and five record. Um, yeah. I think they'll be one of the stronger sides coming out of the AFC. They may get a home playoff berth the whole way through um, I think they've also probably shifted a bit of Deadwood there you know in, in Hollywood had glimpses but in terms of overall production it was poor Sammy Watkins I know he's only there for a year but he was poor Devontae Freeman I mean he's bounced around since leaving Atlanta and Latavius Murray he's never been able to kind of secure a, a number one RB spot no. so they can they can sort of use any running back in their system there. Uh, I, I wouldn't be worried about exactly. any additions or subtractions. Yeah. yeah. They'll get a consistent yeah. level of, of play from the RBs from their, their O-line. I also think it's kind of been lost. Um, I, I think Mike Davis kind of sees them. But I think Kyle Fuller is a significant pickup. I think he's kind of underrated. That's a good um, so cornerback yeah. trio they have now in... Yeah, Fuller, um, Marlon Humphrey, and I was confused. I was forget the last one. What's his name? Um, third trio. I hate the third Raven cornerback. It's, it's a good trio. It's a good trio. It's a good. Take it from us. It's a good yeah. trio. Yeah, a good trio. By the time this episode goes to air on Thursday, we're recording on Tuesday. We'll have we'll know who it is, and we'll be. How do we forget? So and so, but look, moving on. Um, so look, I suppose that's the final side in the AFC North. Never difficult. Well, it probably isn't difficult, but if you had to rank them, um, I, I don't think it's too. We might have to tease out who's third and fourth. I think you said it. I would have Baltimore at the top of this division. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to take the lead and just go Baltimore, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. And I don't I don't shiver on... No, I think that's I think it's good. I mean, like, how could the Ravens not come first having 
Marcus Peters, Marilyn Humphrey, and Kyle Fuller. Come ah, on, there come we on. go. Uh, yeah, yes. no. Ravens top. Since he's second. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they, courtesy of Mike yeah. Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin. And... Yeah, like I said with Cleveland, it's looking how they look like through those first 11 games. If Brissett plays well and they get an upset here or here or there, uh, I could see them going doing a little bit better and maybe coming third, but that's that's where I would lean towards, having them last. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're lucky. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. I think the Deshaun Watson did clear up a lot of the kind of nuances and minutiae of the the nfc uh, or the afc north so i i'm happy with that pick um i'll live and die by it to be fair i'd lock um, that in i i'd put money on on that baltimore who'd be a bookie of choice right let's go as always cross conference yeah NFC the nfc north. north and we'll start off in green bay the aaron Rodgers show uh Back-to-back MVP went thirteen and four. I think before. I think they've rebranded this season as well to the Ayahuasca Packers. That's, yeah, what a fucking roller coaster Green Bay is. Every off season, if nobody's talking about Aaron Rodgers, they will be in a couple of days. Um, does this sound familiar? They lost to San Francisco in the divisional round of the playoffs. I think that's the yes. third or fourth time since A Rod started. It's it's yeah. weird. That was and the, it's, I won I wonder when San Francisco are gonna shout Aaron Rodgers we yeah, yes. to how he shouts at Bears. Oh fans. yeah, I've got that down here just a few times. Um yeah. about his relationship with the Chicago. Look Chicago. As long as he's there, they've got a very high floor. He's he had a couple of down years three or four years ago, but He's returned to top three quarterback. Well, he was top one quarterback the last two years and back-to-back MVP. The last two regular the seasons. last two regular seasons. That is an important distinction because they didn't do much with those those records they had. Um, obviously, the flagship move of their offseason was getting rid of Devontae Adams. Big loss. Big loss considering... Aaron Rodgers is kind of famed for throwing to his trusted targets, people he has a chemistry with. He's left with Randall Cobb, which he basically convinced the Packer front office to sign. He's got Alan Lazard, who he's had a couple of good games with. Is he a wide receiver one? No, is the short answer. It could be Tanyan. Tanya, he could be drafting high on I drafted Tanyan for um, fantasy the year he took off. He he got me a couple of really good games, so I'll always have a good opinion of Tanya. I was asked but he, I don't know. He never sort of main. I don't think he ever maintained that high level of of play. I think he's a bit streaky. Um, in that they also lost Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, he's a speedster. It's fine. He got to Kansas City. I think he'll do more damage in Kansas than he did with the Packers. Mm. Um, and they lost Zadarius Smith. Um who would have was going to sign with the Ravens I think he went to the other purple team and ended up signing with the Vikes Um, now they had an absolute 
slate of re-signings here. That re-signed Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, Robert Tonyan, Alan Lazard, Preston Smith, Jair Alexander. Very good move. Sammy Watkins. Um, an old favourite, Travis Fulgham, is there now. And, um, of course, we re-signed Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, in the draft, they took the first line, what, who they thought was the best linebacker, Quay Walker, uh, defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt, and a duo of young receivers, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, and they'll pair with our, um, what's his name? Amari Rodgers from last year. So they've got a few young receivers there for uh, uh, A-Rod to sort of build that chemistry with. Connection. Again, it's a very good, very solid offseason. Their offense, who knows what it'll look like, but their defense should be really good. Really good. Game one at Minnesota. Um, Yeah, I know I talked them up. I think they might drop this one. I think Minnesota... I'm sure we, I think you have Minnesota. We'll talk about them. I think mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to just struggle out of the gate to have that immediate chemistry with his wide receivers. That's all I'm talking it up to. I think on paper, Green Bay are probably a better team, but I'm trying to factor in these intangibles, the ones that, the, the things that don't exist on paper. Um, game two versus Chicago. Um, Chicago, Aaron Rodgers owns you. So this is, this sure as fuck isn't the year that that's going to change. Um, I think you're right. <laughs> I gotta go out on you a get to it very shortly. Yeah. Um, game three at Tampa. Look, yeah, that's just another top tier team. I think again the lack of chemistry with the young ones will will show up here. I think Aaron Jones is gonna have a big year. I think he's gonna be force fed. He's gonna have his his running back carries. Um, yeah, I think he has to. I think AJ Dillon has to step up. I think well. he. I think Aaron Jones will get some running back carries. I think he's going to get a lot of um, wide receiver reps, and I think AJ Dillon is going to take yeah. a lot of of the running back reps. Um, and that's how I think it's going to shake out here. You'll see Aaron Jones have his first big game of the season, but I still think Tampa Bay will will walk away with the win here. Game four um, at New England and game five at the Giants. I think. The Green Bay defense here will give Mac Jones and Daniel Jones just conniptions. I think uh, I think they'll take two very solid wins there. So that's a three and two start to the season for me. I think they'll finish around eleven and six. Oh, yeah, I I'm pretty high. I think their 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 um their schedule isn't too too bad being in the NFC. Um. And that's where I have them. Fair. Um, Fair. Um, again, okay. with the things to watch during the season, maybe just being how Aaron Rodgers throws to uh, Amari Rodgers. Who he Who throws, he throws to. to. Who he throws to. Um, can he avoid controversy? And there's no kind of COVID restrictions in place this year. So will he have parties and fake uh, COVID start slips and yeah. stuff? Yeah. We'll, we'll see. What's, what's going to be this year's one? Um, yeah but look I suppose you've slated them enough in your review of Green Bay so let's try and give uh, the fans of the Windy City Bears a bit of hope um, so last season 6-11 third in the NFC North Keyins, Trevor Simeon Nathan Peterman Nikhil Harry Byron Pringle 
Equanimous St. Brown and a whole host of other mm, receivers on a one-year contract. Tavon Young, a bit of online investment, but nothing fantastic, so I'm going to spare you the names. Keouts, Andy Dalton, Big Richard Nicholas, um, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams, Marquise Godwin, Alan Robinson, Jimmy Graham, Jesse James, Akeem Hicks, Bial Nichols, and Khalil Mack. Oh, Jesus, what's going on? What, what? is going on in, Cle- in Chicago? Are they yeah, are they building um, around Justin Fields or are they? And then and then like Rokon Smith could still yeah. move before this episode before this episode goes to air, let alone before the season starts. Um, first five 49ers at home, Packers away, Texans at home. Giants away and Vikings away. So I think best case scenario, it's a two-game win, two yeah. wins out of that. Reality, it's probably one get one win. Um, purely because they're playing the Giants in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, they've look, they've lost an absolute ton of ability. Like arguments can be made if they've lost production. Khalil Mack, the last two seasons, isn't the player he was in seasons one and two. Um, they've bought in a heap. Um, but it's, I just think it's going to be they've got they've gone with quantity as opposed to quality. Like I think there's five wide receivers sure. they've signed. They're they're of the age of Quantum Saint Brown. They're yeah. you kind of know them. You know what they they're, are. Eh, they're wide receiver yeah. trees um, and package players and stuff like that. They're not. There's no wide receiver one. I know Alan Brown obviously didn't work. They still have uh, Darrell Mooney. Obviously, he's going to be wide receiver one. Who is nice? They'll have Who's nice. Yeah, I don't know if he has nice. the skill set um, for a wide receiver one. Apart from Tyreek, you don't often see the speedy guy. Well, he's gonna be wide receiver <laughs> okay. one this season. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you that much. Uh, unless Nikhil Harry, yes, isn't he injured uh, is though? A Byron Pringle. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I think. Look, to go against kind of what you're saying, I think uh, things to be to be positive about in Chicago. I think Green Bay have been weakened just not to their extent uh, like I just I think Fields is going to make a leap this season yeah I just think his leap is going to be uh, eroded in the fact that there's bugger all talent yeah. elsewhere I think um, yeah his his leap will show up in the advanced metrics that separate him his effort from his team's effort uh, mm. It might be actually difficult to notice that leap, but I agree. I think for the casual fan who's watching Red Zone on a yeah. Sunday and not watching games in full, who's maybe just playing fantasy football and not paying a huge host of attention to Chicago Bears because they're an afterthought. But I do think this season's going to be a huge leap. The problem is, I just have a feeling he's going to end up injured with the lack of investment in the O-line um, they've not put out in fantastic they've they've spent they've made moves but they're terrible moves mm. um, so well not terrible moves but they're just me um, I think they might actually repeat last season's record and get 6-11 because Fields is playing out of his skin okay best case but, scenario I assume yeah but I think that's a bit of yeah. a stretch um, even at that um, yeah I think God love you Chicago Bears uh, fans because um, I have a soft spot for that franchise and that city in particular um, I like I like the, the the Bears I like Chicago 
and I want them to be good. Yeah. It's just it's hard to make sense of yeah, this Exodus a talent. Um and just trying to make sense of the moves that um Matt Eberflus and the the new GM yeah. are making. I think it's it's just it just, on paper it just doesn't make sense. I'm like it's it's it, it's a year two of Justin Fields rookie contract. This is when you should be crowding talent around him. And then you've 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 gone and signed two like they're not fantastic backups, but you know their names. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The average fan has heard of Nathan Beerman. And a lot of people would have heard of Trevor Simeon. And it's yeah, like Trevor Simeon was fine for a couple of games in, in New Orleans last year. But <laughs> Yeah, like he was serviceable. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not kind of obviously having moved off Matt Nagy as well. They've not. But the thing is, you don't want, and this is this Eberflois. is obvious. You don't want to see Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman, but more so for Chicago because that that means something has gone wrong to the player that is cause for most hope there. If something happens mm. to Justin Fields, there's not much to root for in Chicago. Uh, the off season is what you're rooting for if there's something happens to Justin Field yeah. praying for wishing away the time so yeah look I, I'm going to leave Chicago there because I could be motivated to go into a rant about poor management uh, in Chicago in what should be one of the always should be one of the strongest franchises in, in the league in my opinion um, it's kind of a storied franchise you yeah. know um Right, we'll, be, we'll yeah. go to the Motor City, Detroit. Yeah, top five quotes. Let's AKA go. the fighting Dan Campbells. I don't have five quotes, yeah. I've got three corkers here. Dan Ca- we are freaking starving. We are starving, so the hyenas better get out of the way. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, Dan Campbell on Josh Reynolds. <laughs> He's slippery, man. I call him the praying mantis. He's the spider of death. There's something about him. Frickin' serpent. <laughs> so good. So, th- w- he's got a way with words. To describe, that all describes yeah. Josh Reynolds, the one person. He's a praying mantis and a spider of death and a freaking serpent. Um, And then he was given a, a talk to his team, a motivational speech which included the line, we'll tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. He, he said that to his own team. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I love him. I find, he's probably one of the most charismatic. Yeah, Hard Knocks has been good. Hard Knocks has been he's good. He's probably, I can't think of another more charismatic coach. Um, No. And, and he did start to turn things around in Detroit last season. With Jared Goff instead of yeah. Stafford. I'm like, they f- um, so he's doing they something finished right. with a worse record last year than they did the year before with Matt Patricia, but they were a lot closer in a lot of those games. Yeah. So yeah. and it, it actually surprises me whenever I read it, but they finished three thirteen and one, which that surprises me. They felt like a, a much stronger team. Yeah, but I'm almost certain they were like 0 and twelve at one point. I, I think they were because their first week was in week thirteen. It was, yeah, against the Vikes. Yeah. And then they beat the Cards and the Packers in Week 18. And they had some, they had some horrific losses. As in, oh, did that Justin that Tucker, Justin Tucker yeah. from? Sorry. I actually just watched that again, and the play before the set up that field goal, 
was the play that the the Ravens ran out of time on the play clock. So they had an extra second to snap yes. the ball. And look, it, it happened. Everybody's moved on past it, but heartbreaking for Detroit fans. Um, they added in free agency, they added DJ Turk, who's a nice piece. And they drafted Aiden Hutchinson and Jameson Williams. I think they traded up with the Vikings to get Jameson Williams. Or was it Chicago? One of the, some it was a divisional trade which is frowned upon. Frowned upon. It's <laughs> yeah, disgraceful. Um yeah, similar to the Panthers, there's a squad here on paper that could be very potent. Um, they've one of the league's best offensive lines with um Fra- Frank Ragnow and Panay Sewell on it. I think mm-hmm. yeah. If things go right for them, they could have a, a much improved season. Game one opening um, against Philly. Uh, the game against Philly last year, they were steamrolled. Um, but I do think the, the Lions will lo- lose this game. But I think it's going to be... A, they'll come out extremely aggressive and feisty. I just think Philly have just accrued a bit more talent to withstand just pure motivated and feisty play and um, game two versus Washington I think they'll win this game um, they have a bit of continuity with their head coach and quarterback and you can continue on the Carson Wentz and Jared Goff is a little bit like Oasis versus Blur um, Gee, that's a brilliant uh, analogy yeah uh, generally um, yes. um, look I think Wentz maybe when he's playing well, he can have a higher ceiling, but a lower floor. Whereas Goff might put you somewhere in the middle more consistently, I think. Um, I, I think I think Goff gets them the win there. Um, games three, four, and five. Uh, games three is at Minnesota. I have a loss here. I think. Um, I think Minnesota are the the Vikings are a, a superior team here. Uh, game four versus Seattle. Uh, Seattle have a nice duo of uh, wide receivers without a quarterback to throw to them. I think the Detroit can can take that game. And game five in New England. I think this game will come down to coaching, and I think Belichick will outcoach Dan Campbell here. As ev- as much as everybody loves him, it's his second year as a head coach. I think Belichick will, will outmaneuver him here. Uh, considering the last time we saw Belichick versus Jared Goff in Super Bowl 53, Belichick held Goff to a very, very minimalistic game. Patricia's also back on Belichick's panel, isn't he? Say that again. Am I right in saying Patricia's also that's back. That's right. Yep, that's right. That's that's some deep scaling. Yeah. Um, saw for that game. Um... I'm going to have to do a bit of quick mental maths here because I actually wrote what my prediction down or wrong was. I think I have them starting the season two and three, but finishing the season seven and ten. It's a big jump. That is a big yeah. jump. That's that's someone who's all in on Campbell. I no, I think there's a couple of. I think they play some some teams that aren't going to be that strong. I think they'll pick up t- wins against bottom tier teams and again I think they'll be like the Vikes last year they'll be in more one score games they just won't be good enough to take you know for the coin to flip on the other side 
Um, no, I think they've put together a fairly good roster. Good. Fairly good. Mm. I don't think they're great. It's it's just... I know he's only in his second year, but I think Dan Campbell has them playing above their... Some of the yeah. parts. Yeah. 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 And that's that intangible you can't... You can't factor... Or it's hard to factor in because... I mean, like you saw it last year. They finished 3-13-1, and 13 and one, but they were in five or six more one-score games against good opponents. Mm. Mm. Um, again, including the Ravens they, there. They caught a lot of sides on the hop as well. A lot of guys kind of disrespect yeah. them. Um, yeah, no, happy enough with that. Um, not much more to add. I'm obviously, everyone's kind of, kind of rooting for Dan Campbell, to be fair. Um, or there's very few rooting against that aren't obviously supporters of the other franchises in, in the division. Um, final team, I suppose, to kind of round us out in the NFC North. Um, Minnesota Vikings finished eight and nine last season. Good enough to finish second in the NFC North. Um, Keyins, Harrison Phillips, Jordan Hicks, as mentioned by yourselves, Darius Smith, and they re-signed Kirk Cousins. And uh, not that he was up, but it was kind of more a bit of a cap space management kind of move to kind of lower the salary cap for twenty twenty two. Key outs, Wayne Gallman, uh, Diddy Westbrook, Tyler Conklin, Michael Pierce, as mentioned already. Sadly enough, Everson uh, Griffiths, Griffin. And then Anthony Barr and Xavier Woods. Um, first five, Packers at home, Eagles away, Lions at home, Saints away, and Bears at home. I'm going to shock you right now, and I'm going to say I have them win four out of five. Um, the Eagles won for me, I think, I think because it's in Philly, I'm going to back us on that. Um, the key out for me is not a player it's Mike Zimmer mm. um, I'm delighted to see the back of him I think he has limited the potential of this franchise for too long um, Like, I, and, I'm, and I'm never too high on Kirk Cousins I don't think it's that Kirk Cousins is this all-star quarterback but he's he's above league average um, let's call him what he is he's, on, he's just above he's just over the precipice of league average but I just like how the roster is put together um, but the key thing, obviously, is is how is Kevin O'Connell going to go in his first year? Um, I think. Look, I know they've lost kind of some key pieces in in Bar Xavier Woods, but I still think very much the sides are the same. Um, last season versus this season, and I think you've almost got one of those rare opportunities to compare coaches almost in a vacuum. Because um, usually you see a coach leave and we see a whole host of roster changes. Like you look at Chicago, you're not comparing um, Matt Nagy to Matt, uh, what's the new Eberflus. coach? Eberflus. I can never pronounce it, so I always let someone else pronounce it for me. Um, I've only ever read it. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, whereas I think with Minnesota, we can compare Zimmer and O'Connell pretty much off the bat. Um, and I also, this might shock you as well. I'm gunning for them for like take control of the NFC North this season I think there's so much flux in the division I think Aaron Rodgers might finally be hitting new levels of mental instability and I just think Devontae Adams is just such a good piece to lose I don't think they're going to replace him in the averages with the players they have I just think he is an ultimate professional a brilliant route runner I'm one of the most talented wide receivers sure. in the game. Yeah. I. So. Yeah. Look, I think 
a lot is going to depend on O'Connell hitting the ground running, but I, I have high hopes for the Vikings this season. Look, I I would agree. Um, to be honest, I'd like to re-look at Green Bay's schedule alongside Minnesota's. Minnesota, again, were in um, eight, I think eight one-score uh, one games and lost six or seven of them. So their, their record could have been a lot better mm. than what it was. Um, yeah, I've I've no issue with you with that with that take that they could take the NFC North. None at all. You won't get any mm. pushback here, um, whatsoever. And with that in mind, I'm going to jump ahead and I'm going to say my prediction for the NFC North is Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. Yeah. Yeah, I. I would have had Green Bay first because I'd like to see that, and that's okay. It's so we can agree to disagree. I'm not going to fight you okay. over that. But I'm just yeah. saying, this is my, this is my hill, yeah. and I'm not prepared to die on it. But I'll take a bit of damage. Look, I I don't hate your take. I actually like it a lot. But I'm just going to go with what I've seen the last the two years. The the back to back MVP. I think he'll. <laughs> I think he'll. I'm just gonna ride with him. Uh, yeah, no, safe, safe decision. Uh, I go, like, I get it. I'm gonna play this one safe. Fair. Fair. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong on that, and like, I can see Green Bay doing it. I just, I just, I've, I've long since thought that Zimmer was holding that side yeah. back. Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I think they've. One of the premier wide receivers, I think they've one of the premier running backs. I think they've a they've a above league average quarterback. I mean, for sure, they've a decent defense. Uh, they play in a dome too, which is which is underrated. Um, now, look, it's obviously when you go on the road in the playoffs and stuff, it can be it can be difficult. But I think if you're playing all your home games in identical conditions. It allows you to have a full game for a full game plan for home yeah. games, which I think is vastly underrated in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I, I I I give them a chance. I give them a chance to to claim more one spot in the NFC North, and we can agree to disagree on that. But yeah, yeah, we'll leave that Where's one that? up in the air. Up in the air. Yeah. Up in Cheeky. the air. Yeah. We'll uh, revert to it as the season goes on. Um, yeah. So look, we start off out west. Then came down south. We've gone up north. So next week we're obviously going to go back out east. Um, the final kind of review of the NFL. Um, Maybe two of the more storied divisions. Yeah. If if not, maybe two of the more jokey divisions. Um, on a holistic view yeah. of things. Um, but yeah, no... Um, yeah, it's a good way to kind of round things out before getting ready for the regular season. For week season, one, which I tell you, it's fast. Come approach. around, come around fast, fast, fast. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's all from me, and that's all from me. So thank you, and good thank night. you. We
Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.